Hi guys, welcome to episode 26 from Two of the Tackle. Kaz and I, we catch up as usual. We go over our matches and focus from round 12. And obviously we talk about our matches and focus from round 13, which will be the Panthers hosting the Raiders and the Sharks hosting the Eels. Uh, we go over a few other topics. We induct four more members into the W file, which is something that I'm going to talk to, which I'd like you guys to keep an eye out for. If you guys see anything in the W file or any of those players being a little bit greedy, make sure you chuck it up on Instagram, give us a tag, put it in your story. And when you're listening to this as well, chuck us in your story. Uh, be much appreciated anyway. Uh, I'll also go over the Suali'i situation with South Sydney and, and that age cutoff, which, which I think is a silly rule anyway, but in uh, a few other footy talk. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Roll the intro. How you going, Cass? I'm good, bro. Got I'm good. Another great weekend of footy. Absolutely. You know, any weekend where the Roosters get off to win's always got to be a good weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tight contest. Tight contest. Uh, but uh, got the job done. Indigenous round, though. That was a it was a fun weekend. Unfortunately, missed out on doing our little Indigenous tribute to the games on Sunday. But we were a little bit busy, I suppose. Both of us were a bit busy on Sunday, so... Wasn't able to get those out, but uh, what did you think yeah. of a digital show? That was great. No, it was, it was like, I think it gets better every year. You know, yeah, the way they do these different rounds um, and try and honour sort of, um, I guess, whether it's women and women in league or indigenous round and 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 what have, and what more they can also do. But um, I love the jerseys. Yep. Uh, the jerseys were, were pretty great. Uh, I, I like the Panthers one. Um, I thought that was that sort of sort of fun fit that I had with them. Plus, they just put a you know put an absolute show on a rugby league too. Yep. Well, I actually had some fun in doing those uh, posts about those past and present players. I found that quite uh, quite fun for myself to be able to think back and look back at some of those older players, especially uh, players like Matty. Matty Bold, uh, Anthony Mundine, Preston Campbell, you know, the great Artie, yeah. the big Artie for the yeah. Roosters. Just being able to sort of look back at some of the things that they did. Now, we didn't watch, you know, big Artie by no means, but just the impact that he's had on the game, even still today, especially at the Roosters, being Roosters fans. Uh, I, I actually quite enjoyed that little... This, Felt like a little bit of a, uh, a step back in time for some reason, and even yeah, even I, sure. I felt it, it suited the theme. Now that we didn't talk about trying to suit the theme, we just came up with an idea, and and then I actually felt that it suited the NRL's theme of uh, pass back, move forward, which you know, in us being able to recognise the past players and the current players, I thought that was pretty good. And and uh, you know, Katoni Stags made us look like geniuses, and I thought we we're going to look like you know. Uh, psychics or philosophers, you know, with our crystal ball when Fogarty went over first for the Titans, but that got pulled back, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. For, for Fogarty, anyway, not for the Roosters. Hmm. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, when you look back to those players that make you want to play footy when you're a kid, so many of them are some of our, our great Indigenous players. Yeah. Like, like, as you said, you remember Anthony Mundine, you know, doing front flips with Blacklock, um, you know, David Peachy, 
just gliding through the across the field and through a hole and then tiptoeing along the dead ball line and putting it millimeters away every single time, like just graceful rugby league players. Yeah, they belong. They were it, born to play it. And there's a few special mentions. We obviously, you know, we we pro- we um, when we spoke about it, we we thought. You know, who are we going to do, Matty Bowen or Jonathan Thurston? And for me, you know, I felt Jonathan Thurston, for as good as he is, and I think he speaks for himself anyway. He doesn't need us to prep him up. Uh, but I just felt I wanted to do one about Matty Bowen more so than, than Jonathan Thurston. Uh, but the special mention for the four players that we actually missed out on doing uh, on Sunday, so the Bulldogs and the Eels was Benny Barber, and, you know, his 2012 yeah. season, you know, one of the best seasons yeah. in NRL yeah, history, anyway. Right? Blake Ferguson, Absolutely. one of our favourites, you know, an entry to the dummy yeah. file, which we'll touch on a little bit later. And, and also, let's not forget what uh, Ben Barber did for the Sharks, you know. Oh, yes, he's of course. massive to them winning their first premiership, you know. Yep. So he's able to replicate it in different clubs and, you know, um, just exciting. Incredible athlete. He kicked... We kicked 13 goals in the AFL up in far north Queensland last week. So, like, he's just a talented... Just put a ball in my hands and I'll, I'll figure it out. So Yeah, correct. Um, well, when you're that fast... Yeah. And to be honest, it's interesting that you say that he kicked 13 goals. I think the... The game that is made for the Indigenous players in Australia is Aussie rules, to be honest. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, fast, sure. it's, it's 360, it's skillful... Uh, and I just think it's perfectly designed for Aboriginal players. Mm. Uh, yeah. But also the, the the other game as well, sorry. Uh, Josh had a car for the Melbourne Storm. It's Amata Tahu. Yeah. Remember when he did yeah, the slam dunk on the on the crossbar? Yeah, bro, yeah. You know, yeah. I think... He, he, look, he just... He, he just I just remember him just sitting off Matt Gidley, um, saying... Uh, feeling off those slip passes and just so much strength and so much speed and yeah you know phenomenal phenomenal football player for both the Knights and the Eels and New South Wales and Australia and, and obviously uh, Josh Adokar you know the Fox is just lightning across the field you know he he would be he would be an amazing Aussie rules player as well I think you know but he's you know he's got that toughness as well that, that goes with that lightning speed and just yeah, just great feel to the game, great hands, great instincts, like all these great Indigenous players. It's, it's phenomenal. So, you know, and there's, there's more and more of them every year. Yeah, correct. Well, he'll be one. Of, he'll be definitely one of the players from this time. You know, in twenty years' time, when they talk about who were their idols and they're looking up, and it'll be obviously a lot of pretty much all the players that we mentioned for the current crop that are playing today. Obviously. <laughs> Do you think, like you know, such a great. Um, round and um, experience over the weekend, as we said, for you know, for Indigenous round and, and recognising these um, these people and our and their importance in our game. Is there a round they do for you know the the Maoris or the island, the Pacific Island boys or anything? They don't do a you know that kind of round, do they? They don't do a pass back, move forward to to the Maoris. No, they don't. Uh, yeah. uh, personally, you know, it would be nice, but I don't think it's as necessary as recognising uh, Australian oh, Indigenous people, because it is an Australian sure, no, game, you know, it's Australian of competition. Course, of course, no, and I, it's not, I don't want to take away the, you know, the, you know, the spotlight from what the Indigenous round is, but I think, 
we should also look at their game. And if you look at, you know, you look at the players and the, and the participants, players who play both in Australia and New Zealand, um, who um, are both Indigenous or uh, Maori or, you know, Tongan or uh, Samoan, like, it's, it's more than half of the, the league, you know. Yeah. Well and truly. So Black we fellas. should we should sort of so let's it's 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 not a pity party, it's like let's celebrate this. Let's yeah, celebrate yeah. these parts of, of our game. And so people can be more educated on the different cultures. Just to be, hey, look this is the this is the representation of our game and in who who plays it, um, from both in the professional leagues and at junior level. And let's understand it and, you know, learn more about it and recognise these great players. And it's just another great chance to, like, recognise the history of players. Like, you can do as many of these rounds, different rounds as you can, you know, in, in every way possible. Because the more we can remo- remind ourselves of the great players, the less they'll be forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, fair point. Um, well, then, if we were to sort of touch on that, who would be, you know, across all the, the races, I suppose... Or any types of players. If you were to look back, and you, you can't use, you can't mention any immortals, and I'm also going to rule out two more players. You can't mention Brad Fiddler, and you can't mention Darren Locker. If you look back on on any type of player, who do you look back and and think of, uh, you know, was someone who inspired you, or was someone that you thought was really cool to watch? We just well from from who who I first started to watch it or yeah whatever or really who, well you just ruled out my you know my favourite young player oh okay that's well go, go on then tell us about like, so about like so many of us young young, young when we were young you know here's the reason why I I think really got into rugby league and first started supporting the Roosters yeah you know, okay or Brad Fittler and you know and I guess that makes you follow all those. Um, teams and and whoever else you know the Roosters or New South Wales and Australia to play for. So I think maybe some other guys like Laurie Daly, of course. Yeah. I love watching Laurie. I always have such just great memories of Laurie for New South Wales. Um, you know, and that's obviously where you first. You know, when we were running through a, a quite a strong period um, there with State of Origin. You know, he was such a versatile player as well in the playing six and centre. He's just a footballer. Yeah. You know. Just a footballer, so what about the... Well, I, I, like my formative years of, of sorting to love sport was, was in New Zealand. So I used to watch yeah. a lot of rugby union. I watched league as well, uh, but I used to watch a lot of rugby union. And, and the top... I still went for the Wallabies, but because I lived in New Zealand, a lot of the, you know, batches that were on TV were Kiwi players. So one of the best at the time was Christian Cullen. I used to yeah. pretend to be... Well, pretend to be I used to think I was trying to be like Christian Cullen I remember I went to one of these uh, these like uh, I went to one of these like parties or it wasn't really a party my cousin used to go to this thing on Friday nights I'm not really sure what it was and they were all older they were like in their teens and I was maybe seven or eight and I was I was <laughs> carrying on Carried on deluxe, pretending that I was Christian Cullen, and that I could sidestep every single one of them, and they couldn't believe that this little eight-year-old, whatever old I was, was thinking that he was. And I fully said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll sidestep the whole audience, try to play bull rush or whatever it was." So Christian Cullen's one of them, but also at the time I, I liked Andrew Murdens as well. But I suppose you know they're not necessarily specific to league. But if you are to look yeah, back, yeah, they just yeah, 
the young footballers first time, yeah. you know the I love, I love Dan Herbert and Joe Roth. Yep, Matt correct. Matt Burke as well. Matt Burke. Matt Burke was great for, for an Australian fan in, in New Zealand. He was sensational. Used to kick all the goals. I remember one time going to school saying, ha ha, Matt Burke beat New Zealand by himself. Kicked, scored all the yeah. points, kicked all the goals, scored all the tries. See, Matt Burke was one of my favourites as well. But uh, when it, if it was to do with league, obviously I was in New Zealand. Uh, Stacey Jones was some of that was, uh, you know, a fan favourite over there as well, but uh, definitely Christian Ruben Cullen Wiki. would be would be my uh, Ruben number one. Wiki. Ruben Wiki, what a tough player. Yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway, uh, we'll, go, we'll move on to a few more tough players. Uh, front rowers, front rowers scoring tries. How did we go this week with our front rowers? Look, look, we didn't disappoint. It was a, it was a quiet week. It was more of a front row type week, unlike these hot um, streaks of uh, four, five, six, Try for it uh, over the weekend. So, but we had, you know, the old faithfuls. No new members to the front row try scorers uh, for 2020. Um, but Brandon Hamlin Ueli on Friday night for the last. He's not first, he's last. Yep. So he's always paying the punters out. Um, and of course, Dick Tino for Sul Maliali um, with, his, with his fourth try. So both, they joined uh, Josh Papali all, all on four for most tries for front rowers this year. Mate, that Tino... He's going to take the gong. That Tino, he is definitely playing... Uh, he's coming off the bench at the moment for the Storm. Just be, And to be fair, the two that are in front of him... Or I suppose Christian Walsh, you know, he's one of those guys that can play on the edge, he can play in the middle. So, you know, when he goes to the Titans next season, I think, you know, we've got him in our front rowers club because he doesn't come on for the Storm and play on the edge. But I think he's got the mobility to be able to play on the edge next year. But I think, do you, do you think... Hello, Benji. Could you, could you, got a special guest. Would you, would you also say he'd, just be, he'd be better in the middle? He's so damaging and like how important the middle is um, in, in the game of football and how dominant he is there, like just busting tackles and really sort of... The, the Storm had playing there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, well, you definitely. I know there's, a peck, there's a pecking order there too, but you know, yeah. if you've got a guy who can be dominant in the middle, like that's such an asset for you. You know, if you've got a dominant edge guy now and dad's defeater, you know, you go, you got one of them in the middle and one of them on the edge. That, you know. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose you probably they probably will have him in the middle as well. Like you said, he's got a lot of uh, uh, mobility and. And big boy for well. some reason, I think, although he comes off the bench, it looks as though he's got a big motor as well because he doesn't go yeah, off. Yeah. He doesn't go off. He might come no, on and he... No, he, he, he plays like 55 minutes. Yeah, he finishes he the game, like doesn't he? Yeah, he's played between 45 to sometimes 50 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he goes on early and just that's it. He's gone. But he's been amazing. What a bench they have. Yeah. You know, Brandon Smith. Best of the comp. And Nelson Asopo-Solomona. And with that, Nico Hines on the bench. Great perform, real storm performance. What's that guy's name? Nico Hines. Yeah, yeah. Is that Hines or Hines? Hines with an N. Antonelli. Yeah, yeah. He's another New South Welshman. We'll take that. You know, we've got to take yeah, all of them yeah. we can get. You know, they get mm. they get nicked otherwise. Mm. All right, now, uh, we've done the Front Rowers Club, the Front Rowers Transcript Club, and now we're moving on to, you know, a growing, growing list, the Dummy File. 
the dummy file, we had we had a world record over the weekend. Uh, we had four inductees to the dummy files. Now, I just want to make it clear, you know, this isn't some sort of file that you should be trying to be getting into. I don't want to have a line like Centrelink trying to get into this file. You know, the objective of this file is to eradicate these dumb plays from the game. All right, but this so is a deterrent. This is a deterrent. So I'm going to mention these players who have entered the dummy file. Wade Egan. Now, Wade Egan, you were er- warned earlier on in this season. All right? Darius Boyd. You got given the number one jersey, and the first thing you do is go straight he into was, the dummy file. He was a short price, I'll say, but I was always going to give Darius. He's always a risk of it. Brendan Elliott. Another fullback. A Absolutely. temporary fullback. I don't know what he was thinking, trying to get in there and, and try and steal himself a try. And then we move on to the, the gold medal of all dummy files. Now, I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack. Not enough to not warrant him in the spot, as I said, laugh. Uh, you know, he's a winger. He, he hasn't gotten over the stripe. He's itching to score a try. But rugby league has 12 other players on the field. It's a team game, Blake. All right? Now, if you've got to play like that, Instead of, when you jump out, you can stay out if you've got to keep carrying on like that, Blake. You know what I mean? You've done such hard work to get to where you are as a winger these days. You know, you're a premiership player. But if you've got to carry on like that, you can stay out. How dare you do a performance like that, Blake? It's disgusting. It was all time, wasn't it? Because he sort of, he's, he's gone from dummy half and he's turned the ball over and stepped out. He jumped out. And it, like, was last, and it wasn't last tackle either, was it? I'm, I'm not sure if it was last tackle. It's, and it's, so we had something of third tackle. So, yes. Unfortunately, Blake, yeah, he's desperate. Look, he's desperate. It's round 12. He still hasn't got a try. He's desperate. RCG is just gone. <laughs> you know what to say. You know what to say. Yeah, mate. <laughs> more than you this year. <laughs> Do you fall out I'm surprised Junior Paulo hasn't got over this year. But He'll I'm get sure. over. Who will get over first? Will Junior Paulo get over first before Blake Ferguson? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. Especially if Blake Ferguson keeps trying to bloody enter himself into the dummy file. That's not how you score tries, Blake, mate. He's got over 100 tries. Bloody hell, Blake. Look what he got. Look at, look at his Stacey Jones of tries the week before. Yeah, exactly. Stacey Jones. He's gone from the Stacey Jones to the Floyd Mayweather. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Now, there was a lot of interesting um, uh, games on the weekend, um, but none more so than our first uh, match in focus. Yes. Um, And it was the the only blowout of the weekend. Um, And the Panthers just absolutely put on a masterclass in rugby league. That was almost a perfect game. Like, that was just phenomenal. It just blew them off the park. They were 90% completion. I think they were only four incomplete sets for the game. You know, they had nine line breaks. They just opened them up. They were, they were ruthless. And, yeah, manly. Blown away again. 40 points off leaks. It's just something just... And more yeah. injuries. Well, three of their last six matches, three of them, so half, if you can do mathematics, yeah. they've conceded over 30 points. Two 
of those matches, they've conceded 40 and 42. Now, we had Tommy Simons on earlier in the year, and we sing the praise that Desi has all the bloody time about how he's got his secret spice. Someone's nicked it. Or he's put it in his back pocket and he's looking looking to try another route until he needs it because he might not have much left. You know, maybe part of the secret spice is, is how often you, you sprinkle it on your meals. I think as well it's You know, when Tommy and Turbo is just so important to that team. And, you know, I, I guess I, I didn't feel like when he got injured in that game, like, just you could see him see the look on Cherry Evans' face, like, oh, shit, yeah, you know. Like, Tommy's down again. So, so, yeah, there's something, I don't know, they're just down on troops, so, like, so it's got so many guys out as well. It's just not really hasn't been their year, manly, has it? You know, you know when you look at that part of the eight, you've got um, like we keep saying like you know manly will be in the eight. Would you would you say that manly will be in the eight at the end of the year? It's hard to say now. Yeah. It's I hard to confirm. I would have said so. that. I would have said that. But then you look at who's in the eight and you go, okay, Cronulla, whoop, they're playing well. Um, Newcastle, they're kind of dropping. Maybe are they at risk? Then you have got the bunnies. Well, they beat the dragons and they're in the eight. And then below, Manly's ninth, and then the Tigers are 10th. But are those teams going to get above? So which team comes out if Manly goes in? Well, let's let's be no, real about the Sharks. Let's be real about the Sharks, you know. They scored a lot of points against the Broncos, but they conceded a lot of points as well. You know, with 20 minutes to go, if it wasn't the, the one-hour Broncos, they would have lost that game. They... They got they got away with one. They got, they they managed to yeah. play as much as maybe you you sent me a stat where they in the last twenty minutes the score they've scored four points and they've conceded over yeah. one hundred and twenty points yeah. from the from season, the beginning yeah. of the season and part, yeah. since the break they've scored one hundred conceded one hundred and ten so it doesn't look good to them for them either way you look at it in that last twenty minutes right but yeah. even the fact that they performed poorly in the last twenty minutes they're losing. They're not going to yeah. call them losers, but they're losing. And just like winning, you get into, a, you find a way to do it. And they found yeah. a way to lose the game. You know what I mean? And mm. again, I talk, I've said this before, we need to get Michael Ennis on. Not our, oh, we'd love to have him on our show, but Fox need to give him a half an hour show on his own, or not on his own, but it's solely dedicated to breaking down matches or breaking down certain aspects of the game. Um, he was the one, he, he highlighted a few of the Broncos' errors, defensive errors that allowed the Sharks to score a couple of tries. And he also highlighted some of the Sharks' defensive errors and how they, you know, allowed it. Now, you know, on the surface, some of those tries like look like good tries. But when you really break it down, you know, you say the Sharks are, are performing well. You know, I, I, I'm they not willing to have, say that. The Sharks did have nine players in that team that had played less than 21st grade games. Nine? So they had a lot of guys, nine. Yeah, nine and of them from that reserve grades competition, apparently, weren't they? Yeah, all played for the Newtown. Yeah, the Newtown side that won the 
the title, won the double last year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they can take it as a gutsy win, but you know, I think they'd still be, they'd definitely be worried about the points they keep losing. They scored, they've scored the third, second most points, sorry. They scored the second most points, but they've conceded, I think, maybe the third most. Yeah, yeah. Now, we, we said a while ago, we heard, we, we sort of, um, we heard Trent Barrett, Trent Robinson say that once she's conceded four tries, it becomes a coin flip. So that's 24 points. Yeah. That's putting it lightly, Cass. Yeah. So I went and had a look at the Roosters record for the last two years. And when they concede 24 points or more, they lose more than 50% of their games. From yeah. memory, I think there might have been like maybe five to ten. There's about five to ten times they conceded 24 points or more and they lost. Yeah. All but one or two. Maybe two. Yeah. So it's not a coin like When you say it's a coin toss, that's putting it lightly. And that's coming from yeah. a team that... We know we talk about how much strike they've got. How the fact that against the Parramatta Seal this year, where they went down and they came back, they responded straight away. They did the same with the Storm. They responded straight away. So they're a team that can score points, and even they struggle to win. Well, not they struggle to win. They don't win. They win one or two games when they lose. When they concede twenty four points or more. So it. Even, you know, like we hear defences with premierships, we see the team at the top of the, the defensive table, you know, the best defence, they win the comp, or the top three win the comp. We see all those stats. But even when you break it down even further, you break it down to, well, even if you can, if you don't, if you concede four tries or more, you lose the game. It's as black and yeah. white as that. Yeah, I think that would just be a trend as well in the games that you win. Usually you won quite often on the back of really good defence. So you can see less tries, you know, so you're not going to concede those points as well. Yeah, I suppose um, also you might have more time position. But, you know, speaking of attack, like, let's talk about what the Pen- what Penrith just performed on Saturday night. Like, yeah, yeah. The clearly show again. They're electric, aren't they? Yeah. They're electric, you know. Happy um, Coruscant back. He was only missed one week in the end. I thought he was going to be out for a little while, and yep. you know he's just—it's so good for that side. And then Stephen Crichton, you know, there's just got so many just Ferraris out. In the, Do you think Coruscant's gotten better and better every year? So I think he made a debut in fourteen. Yeah. And every single year, he's gotten better. Actually, how long was he out badly for? Uh, two years. Two years. Two or three? Yeah. He was at South before that, wasn't he? No, he was at the Panthers. He went he went uh, South, Panthers, Manly, back to Panthers. But with the Panthers, um, he sort of left on the outer there. For, it felt, I'm not sure if he did leave on the outer, but it felt as though when he left Manly it was because he wasn't really performing well there. Yeah. I don't know, he may have been. Um, maybe, maybe Manly gave him a good offer, better offer than what the Panthers were offering him. But the Panthers learned; <laughs> they fucking learned about it, didn't they? Because yeah, they got learned today. Manly wish, and Manly wish they still had him. Yeah, absolutely. I wish Manly yeah, still really had him key, as well. Really key guy, and obviously Nathan Cleary. Look, you know, he's he's been great. He's been the you know, probably the form player of the comp for this for the year. What about Clint Gutherson? Right now. 
King Gusto's up there. I suppose there he, you know, he's he's in that that top range of guys who are uh, playing fantastic football. This yeah, year. well, um, but he's got him. He's got him humming. He's got him up. They've only lost one game, and his fingerprints over. He touched the ball so many times yeah. throughout that game. You know, he had his head fingerprints all over what the Panthers do with that ball. Yeah, and whether he's whether he's doing kicking forty twenties or putting grub rings for himself. Like or putting chips into space, and just following up with physical defence. You know, he's 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 a scary. I think to think he's so young. Yeah, correct. And what's even more impressive about the Panthers' performances is they're playing, they're performing exceptionally well with their backup fullback. And I, I don't want to say anything bad about these guys, but their their fir- front line, their first choice fullback. Dylan Edwards, but playing decent, playing decent, but he's he's not in the top echelon of players, of fullbacks yeah. anyway, of fullbacks. He's definitely not in the top echelon of players. He's playing first grade, let's be real. But when it comes to fullbacks, we have Matt Dufty, I would say, is ahead of him. We've got, you know, Clint Gutherson, Tedesco, Ponga, uh, Trebojevic, but Trebojevic isn't playing. Uh, but yet... The balance of their side still manages to figure itself out. It even, it even, like Jerome uh, Luai, he doesn't really show up on the right hand side of the field either, which annoys yeah. me. Not not annoys me for him. I, I I don't care about him. It annoys me that for the for the Parramatta seal, uh, Moses comes down the left sometimes, stays on the right most of the times. Mitchell Pierce comes down the left sometimes, stays on the right most of the times. Kyle Flanagan comes down the left sometimes, stays on the right most of the times. But the theme here is Kurt Mann doesn't go to the right-hand side of the field. Dylan Brown very rarely goes to the right-hand side of the field. Luke Keery doesn't, you know, sometimes, of most of the sixes, will end up on the right-hand side of the field. Uh, Luai, never see him on the right-hand side of the field. Mm. Why? Yeah. I don't know. That's, I guess they just, you know, he's. He, he, I, I, I see your point. I see your point. But you'd have to speak to the coaches. It, it just sounds. I, I, it look, tell me that. It's. it's I, I know. I hear. I hear. You know? So I guess it's probably. It's usually the more dominant guy that's moved around um, to both sides. Whereas so the other guy sort of just. You're, you're next. I know, I know. I understand that with you. I but one of the things that I, I've, I want to see, right? I want to see, say that this is the halfback and this is the fiveback. I want to see that, that I want them to be able to interchange. I don't always see why the number seven needs to be first receiver. I can understand he's the chief playmaker. I can understand that he's the number one kicker in the team. So that's why you might give him the seven, right? Fair. But, it just adds to your variety to being able to, you know, get that two pass. And it's just, it's not because Moses or Pierce or Flanagan that they can't play off the two pass and then be able to work from with, with, you know what I mean? I just feel like it just creates a few more questions and it makes, it makes you less predictable. It's harder for them to sort of match up your numbers when they can sort of jump on either side. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and the Panthers are humming at the moment and they're doing really well. But, like the NBA in a way, 
you know, the defense really starts, you know, all the homework, all the assistant coaches, they start to find out. It takes them about 20 or so weeks to figure out how teams play. And when, yeah. when Cleary's getting so many touches, all it means is if you can close it down, you're going further, you're, you're, you're going further into disrupting their play. Now, if you can close it down, it doesn't mean you've got to win the game. It doesn't mean someone else can't step up. But it makes it, it, it makes it seem like it's more it's more predictable and more achievable to shut it down because, you know, they're not asking as many questions. Like I think Blocker, I don't agree with a lot of what Blocker says, but it was definitely true in the, in the Panthers Manly game the other day. Is it, it might have even been Blocker that said it. It could have been someone else. You knew where the ball was going, wherever Cleary was. Yeah, exactly right. And I'm not knocking Cleary, and I'm not knocking the Panthers. What I'm knocking is the whole thing about why just because he's got a seven on his back, he has to get the ball first. Maybe it's just kind of how he plays, though. He's just yep. an ultra-dominant player. You yep. know, that's, and, you know, this this side, it's, it's you know one of the younger sides in the comp. These guys have played a lot of footy together, a lot of these players. They've grown up together, and he's just their fucking leader. Yep. You know? He's just he's just like when you were a kid, you know, that halfback was just fucking a weapon and just... Made sure that this is how we play, and I'm and I'm gonna kick the ball, and we're gonna be how we run, and you fucking go there, and you go there, and it's like sweet, no worries. You uh, know, maybe because we had Tom in our team, but yeah, and you guys had Clarky, so he was your halfback, and he yeah, was the best in the team. You know? yeah, Clarky, but you know, you have a guy who's just like cool. You know, he's got everything. I, he he knows what he needs to do, so I believe I can do what I need to do. But I know he's got it. But I reckon when we were that age. We were, you know, coming into, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. I always thought the the 5'8 the was the better player. Yeah, it doesn't guess it just depends on who's the player in what position, you know. Yeah, and maybe, maybe John's took it over and went, no, 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 no. Remember me, guys? It's the number seven that's the, well, so, the guy yeah, who's in charge. Great, there are some great unbelievable halfbacks and there are some great unbelievable 5'8s. It's just, you know... Um, there's usually one dominant one. Yeah, um, true. And they have we have you know been lucky enough to have some in both positions. But uh, with with, uh, with the Panthers, just one more thing before we get on to the next match. That winger, Charlie Staines, is it? Charlie Staines, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Two more tries. He's he's batting at four hundred. No, 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 not four hundred. Sorry, it's not four hundred. It's four. If he was in baseball, he's batting at four. Four whole points. So, oh, maybe it's a little bit technical for a podcast like this. But if you're a bat, if you're a batter and you have a, a hitting average of three hundred, it's point. It's one. It's zero point three hundred. So, yeah, 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 no, yeah. I get that. So yeah. he's betting. He's betting at four because if he was well, to. Why do you have it for four? He's got six tries. Yeah. Yeah. Two matches. Six tries in two matches, yeah. but he's only played a match and a half. Yeah, okay, I gotcha. So, yeah, okay, I suppose so. I suppose you're right. He's played two matches, but he didn't even make it to half time. Yeah, that's fine. We're, I'm prepared to do that for Charlie's young, Charlie Stane. <laughs> you know, I, so, yeah. I, I think the next time he plays, I think the next Panthers game when he's playing, I'll have to get myself 
before and go to the post office hotel. Because it seems like this bloke's going to get us some free beer. That, is that, is, so what's the name of the pub, sorry? The post office hotel in Forbes. Oh, okay. So if he scores a try or if he scores four yeah. tries. No, well, he, they said if he scores a try, everyone gets a free beer. That's oh. Like he scored four tries. So they had to give everyone pub, so they gave four free beers to everyone. Mate, let's get to that pub. He is, he is a genuine try scorer. Now, you know, he scores the first four, and I just thought, you know, maybe it's his lucky day, it was against the Dragons, uh, but the way that he scored those other two tries, those two tries that he scored on the weekend... You can't, you can't stop him. He's just got too much speed. So he's not going to be batting at four for the rest of his career. But, you know, he's just got so much speed, just like Alex Johnson. Yeah, exactly. The same as Alex Johnson. They just don't know how to score tries. Yeah, Dave Gagai. They're just so yeah. fast. So, you know, they, they've got to make, what is it, like half, they've got to turn half chances into chances. And, yeah, exactly. and because they've done, they've turned so many half chances into chances their whole Nothing life. They know how to do it. Pappenhausen, yes. Yes. That, uh, you know, I, um, everyone was talking about, oh, poor old Ponga, broken ankles, broken ankles. The first thing I thought about was, oh, they're touchmates. They're touchmates, and he's cleaned up his maiden yeah. touch. And then he posts about it. He goes, oh, sorry for doing that, but a little bit of payback from when we were kids. But, you know, good, yeah. that's good. I love that stuff. Well, oh, you know, imagine you, those guys playing against each other um, in touch. I imagine they're playing they're with each other. In touch, unbelievable. Yeah, position, just poor position. Pace and footwork. He's he's really look. He's and another really, touch player, actually. A, I'm sure there's plenty more out there, but another touch player is Dufty, and yeah. it's actually taken a little while for him to bring out that touch pass. But yeah. since he's been implemented, you know, been a mainstay, they've actually also they've they've either played up, played to it, or they've allowed him to do it because since he's come back. We found this pass that I'd never seen before from Dufty, and I'm going to put this on record. You know, including I'm going to I'm going to include left and right, not just one side. I'm going to include left and right. Here we go. I'm going to say that he's got a better last pass than Caleb Potter, Matt Dufty. Ooh. Controversial, you know. He's not a million dollar player yet. He's not, you know, one of those marquee signings by no means. But that last pass, either side of the field, I reckon he's probably got a better rating. I would give him a better rating than Caelan Ponga. Caelan Ponga might be able to do more than Dufty from the, you know, from try line to try line, side line to side line. Not going to argue that. But I'm saying that last pass out the back. I'm going to give that to Dufty. Now, I have to mention... You can give that to Dufty. I have He's to mention a mate of mine. He is a Dragons fan. Alan Semenkova. Semenkov, sorry. <laughs> Semenkova. Sorry about that. Um, he's an avid listener of the show. And he's the one who tipped me off on that. And speaking of tips, he's the reigning tipping comp champion. He's also coming first or second. If he's coming second, it's only by one point. So he knows his rugby league. And one day... Uh, we'll get him on the show, but he's the one who tipped me off on Matt Dufty. And ever since he's mentioned it, I've watched it. And that's why I'm willing to go on record here today and say that that last pass, Matt Dufty, Scott Ponga. Anyway. Well, imagine this, imagine this, uh, imagine a touch football team 
Well, we said we said Matt Duffy, Ryan Pappenhausen, Caelan Ponger, um, Sean Johnson, Josh Adokar. Josh Adokar. You're right. Who was that? Oh. That's five. That's five. Do we need two more? Two more. Who we got? Uh, Damien Cook. Joey Martin. I would put Damien Cook absolutely, and Joey Martin's just got these amazing hands. Yeah. He's got these hands. I feel like he just. Do you reckon they should have they should have an NRL touch team up against the touch team? An NRL touch team up against the Australian oh, touch right, team. Okay, I got you. Oh, that'd be interesting. It'd be, be. I reckon the touch guys would cut them up because they're just yeah, a little bit sure. more in tuned to touch, but it'd still be fun yeah, to watch. Sure. Or be even better than that, because that's an unfair advantage to the actual touch players. What happens if we had an NRL Aussie touch versus NRL Kiwi touch? Sean Johnson, Benji Marshall, Joey yeah, Manu, yeah. up against the likes of, you know, Pappenhausen, Ponga, yeah. Dufty, mm-hmm. Josh yeah, Harakar, yeah. Tedesco, David Cook. You know, I suppose yeah. that's what that nines was. But um, the thing is, as much as the nines was like that, World Cup nines at the end of the year was uh, uh, probably a spectacle. Because it's still tackle, I feel as though it's still like rugby league. Whereas yeah. if they played a game of touch, you would genuinely take it as an exhibition. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because they're not the best touch players, they're NRL players playing touch, you would know it as an exhibition. But when you're having rugby league players playing a, 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 moderated, a modified version of rugby league, it's still rugby league. Yeah, Whereas exactly right. It's a, exactly this is right. a genuine exhibition. Well, you know why? Because half our game is blokes hitting other blokes. Yeah, yeah. That's half the game, right? So, and that's an important half. <laughs> that half is about, it's an important half. People try to cut each other in half. Yeah, so yeah. Right? It's very important. It's one of the promos. You'll see blokes diving in the corner, the wingers diving in the corner for tries, or fancy goosies and footwork, or massive shots. You know, big defence. Blokes flying, you know, Steve Maddow, George Tafua, you know, splitting Cam Munster in half. Or, okay, so there we go, same weekend. We have we have Australia versus New Zealand in a game of touch, right? NRL players in a game of touch. And then on that same weekend, Sunday night, we have Australia versus New Zealand in boxing matches. In boxing? Yeah, we have boxing matches. Well, you want the actual... Nelson is a Salamona. Up against Josh Papali'i, Joe Warrior Hargraves, up against Jack Hendrickson. Hey, eh? you know, you can get yourself a seat at the table. <laughs> Imagine that. That same weekend, mate, we need to get in touch. Yeah. We need to get in contact. So just, this, is, this is where they can let them cool. They can settle all their beats throughout the year. This is where we do it. We've got an exhibition for the fast men and we've got an exhibition for the big men. And like you said, mate, we've got, we're combining the two parts of the promo on the one weekend. Yep. Mate, we need to get in charge of this game and we need to start now. Anyway, we'll move on to our next match in focus. Sorry, we get a little bit carried away there. Was the store up there at Sunshine Coast Stadium against the Knights, 26 to 16. All right, uh, yep. Knights... You know, you're up there in Newcastle. 
uh, you got your mate, was it Mitch? Mitchell? Yeah. yeah. How did he feel after the game? Yeah, look, he was... I think he's just like a, like every other nice band, still re, you know reeling with more injuries that they they've copped, but it's like happy that there was uh, a better effort there. They they put up a better effort and fight there against the storm, but it's still they just feel that they're just a bit off the pace of those you know those better sides. They haven't quite got enough in them in their fluency in their attack. They're definitely missing Daniel Sainsbury, and you know they're just going through hookers like toilet paper. Yeah, well. A little bit like Luke Brooks in this way. I don't think we can applaud them anymore for staying in the fight. And the reason why I don't think we can applaud them anymore for staying in the fight is because there's matches where they're not even in the fight. Yes, correct. So the Dogs, for example, I can can, can, can give them because they're not a top four contender. I'm not saying the Knights are a top four side. They're definitely a team, though, that can contend for the top four. So, and, and, they're, and the best thing about it is they're not content with it either. They don't want to hear it anymore. That, oh, they fought well. You know, they, they stuck it to them, Storm. They almost got them. They didn't really almost got them. Storm were comfortable the entire game, really. Um, yeah. You know, the, I, to be I fair, that 10 point... still got to be... In every game of football, like, you're not going to win every time. So, you've got to have... You know, a part of your mantra, especially right now, until they're a, they're not that quite that side yet, who can be a dominant top four team that wins quite quite a lot. You know, like the Parramatta's and the Penriths and all the Roosters and the Storms. Um, but you want to have the right attitude about how they're supposed to be playing. And they've already had a couple of those really bad attitude games. So you, you know, against the Stor- uh, the the Dogs and against um, the, Cowboys. the Cowboys. So you really want to fix that up, quick smart. You go, your team wants to be. Look, you're always trying. You're always trying to be in the game. Okay, maybe your team might be better than you, and they're just going to beat you with like you know, Pappenhausen just got speed, and Cameron Smith's just a freak. He's 37, still scoring fucking tries. Um, Munster, like your friend and Smith, whoever they've got, like, a, but you, you've got to have that effort there. Like, and you know, you still got to. It's not about applauding it, but. Yeah, it is a little bit about applauding. Okay, that's but now you need to keep repeating that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could cop them. Oh, but they're just missing truth, though. They're missing truth. They're I, missing I could cop them, missing them missing staying in the fight against the storm if they beat the Bulldogs last week. But when you lose yeah. to the Bulldogs, and then the next week you you're in the fight and you just get beat by the storm, that just tells me you can't win the comp. That's what it tells me. No, that's they're not Yeah, well, but the thing is as well, though, Kaz, is they probably are a side that, you know, maybe after one or two weeks or even in the off-season thought, well, we don't want to be here making up the numbers. We've been making up the numbers the last five years. More, probably more. They haven't even making up the numbers. They haven't even made the finals. They haven't played finals. That's making up the numbers. That's worse than making up. Yeah, fair enough. You think making up the numbers is making the eight? I think making up the numbers is is what the Bulldogs are at the moment. And the oh, titles. Making up the numbers in the league, yeah, yeah. For sure. I bet you also, yeah, yeah. You're not yet at the point of just making up the numbers in the in the final. Well, I suppose you're making up the numbers until you're an actual contender, really, aren't you? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, but so just look, just on they the just, stru- they just got to make the finals this year. They just need to improve. They need to improve. Yeah, they okay. a lot of guys injured, so they've just got to try, keep trying to improve that that, D, that DNA of their side. And I 
I guess trying to how they create points and just executing better on last plays. They seem to they don't always get that right, and that's not what good footy sides do. They usually get that right, you know, all the time. So they just need to be better with that. Um, but also, you know, I don't want to. I didn't want to go there, but I'm going to go there. You mentioned executing on last. Their chief playmaker on last, you know, hasn't made his career on his last tackles. To be fair, I think he's made his career, to be honest, on the first five, <laughs> not the last one. But, you know, yeah. he's still a world-class halfback, but I think that's always been his Achilles heel, really. Um, but just on the Storm, though, last year they won the minor premiership. I thought they were always going to win the minor premiership. thought they were the most consistent team over the whole season. But I always felt that come the end, we were going to swallow them up. This year, I don't think, I'm not as confident or assertive as a Roosters fan that we can swallow them up. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think we can improve, because I do think we can improve, but I don't think they're that team that, uh, I think they can still go to another level from here too. Whereas last year, I didn't think they had another level in them. So even if we improve, they are going to improve as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Everyone's going to have to improve. You know, there is more to them. There's more strength to their bow this year, you know. And they're deeper. They're deeper and I think they're more versatile. Yeah. Because they... In more ways. Where did, did Jerome Hughes play in the halves last year? He did, but he wasn't as consistently in the halves, I think. Like, did he play halfback in the semi-final against the Roosters? Yes. He did. I know he played. Did he play halfback? Or did Papadouse, yeah, did he play fullback? No, I think um, Hughes was playing halfback by the end of the year. Apologies. I apologise. Hughes was playing full halfback and Papadouse was at fullback in that semi final. Yeah, but Papadouse sort of, you know, they were sort of, they were mixed in their halfback and their fullback throughout the year, obviously, and then Papadouse and old Pappy come through doing something similar to what he did against Newcastle. You know, a little kick here, pass the ball, and then just use that blinding, blinding speed, and then, you know, great, a great um, left foot step there that really stood out Caelan Ponger, and no one was going to catch him. I'm, I thought Tuali there looked like he, he might have for a bit. It's almost like if he, he, he was gaining on him, if he had maybe taken another one step and then put the dive in. But, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought that as well. I also thought that um, Herman SASA's chase was a, was a valiant chase as well. But when I watched the replay, watched the, they showed the replay and I'm watching the Tuali run across, sometimes I think they do that last dive because they know they that, that, that gap is, even though they might be closing, you know, that gap, that gap might soon yeah. start to stretch out again. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it did look like he was closing yeah, in yeah. on it, but he may have felt as the guy running that he's got a, he doesn't have much more in him, so he's gone for that last lunge. Uh, but now that yeah. you mentioned that, and I guess he's also it's about a ten meter line as well. It's like okay, if I get him at the ten, then he's going to slide. So if I don't get him here, then I'm probably not going to be better than the same side. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Because there's also that I always think. I actually, it's funny you say that because I thought that that. That as well, because there's that image of Blake Ashford holding off Todd Carney, and it felt like he was holding him off for like 20 meters. Remember that semi final in 2010? Yeah, yeah, the t- yeah, against yeah, the Tigers? Yeah, but just then you mentioned that Tuala, 
it reminded me the, of that uh, South Sydney guy that they've signed, uh, Suali. So he's a Lee as yeah. well, just like a Papa Lee. Yeah. He's also yeah. a Suali. Uh, anyway, and I just wanted to talk about that. You know, I wanted to mention it at the top of the show, but I missed it, forgot about it, but I've just been reminded. Now, I, I went into my rant last week, and I stand by the rant. I listened to Gus Gould speak about it, and he, he, he gave a bit more insight into that uh, why they came up with that age bracket, but I still just don't agree with it. I really don't agree with it. One of the things that he mentioned was um, it, it removes player managers being able to swoop and sign up any 17-year-old that can score and try and promise them the world and all that stuff. Personally, if a kid is 16, 17, even 18... He should be listening to his parents. If the parents are fucking telling him that they can play first grade, they're stupid. And look, it's not just the it's not the parents or the agents that they need to worry about. It's the football clubs that want to find these people to play. And everyone keeps, you know, they, when they sometimes when the media report, they go, "Oh, you know, the clubs, you know, clubs can go crazy signing up young people. Like they're going to sign up young blokes who can play." Like then you know whether they're signing someone on a on a very junior contract who's sixteen, like Bruce has signed Sam Walker, or anyone who's signed this Harold Matthews for the level guys and FC Ball guys to to their clubs, but they're not going to play. The only people that play like at seventeen and eighteen are the freaks. Yeah, yeah. You know the guys that you know can handle it. Yeah. Like, don't just go okay. Well, now I can play. If I can play a seventeen year old, I'm going to start playing more seventeen year olds because the best thing for a rugby league team is seventeen year olds. No, yeah. that is not correct. It's so silly. The, the, if the 17-year-old is the exception to the rule, the one that debuts at 17, you know, Freddie debuting at 17, Ben Eichen, you know, playing for playing Origin, um, Israel Folau, Kamoka Hunt, you know. Uh, so, Gus, Gus wanted to... India, uh, India at 16. 16? Yeah. He's just like, he's ready. He's just he's better than everyone else. Well, like, like, what do you mean he can't play? Gus Gould, Gus Gould wanted to tell his story about about Brad Fittler. So Brad Fittler debuted before he got there. And then, so he'd only played that one season. And then he gets there. And he says, he played a couple of games uh, of first grade. And he just, the attitude wasn't right. He wasn't really uh, playing as well as he was the year before. So he dropped him back to reserve grade. Not because he wasn't good enough for first grade, because he just wanted to just, you know, give him a few more calluses and just harden him up a little bit. So he went back to reserve grade. He struggled for a couple of weeks. This is Gus Gould telling the story, mind you. Now, you know, Gus Gould likes to put a little bit of mayo sometimes. And at times he has an agenda as well when he likes to speak about things. So you've got to take a little bit with a grain of salt. But you probably can't deny, I'm sure there's figures of Brad Fittner playing reserve grade. So probably hard to lie about that. So, okay, he puts it back to reserve grade. He said he was there. He struggled for the first couple of weeks. And then he started to get his groove back. And then I think there was one game where he scored, you know, a ridiculous amount of tries. He looked over to his assistant or a few of the first graders and says, oh, I guess he's got to have to play. And then, it's, and then he goes on to talk about how, you know, you don't find these types of players, you know, you don't discover Brad Fittlers and these Israel Falaus and these Wade Graves. He go, the, the analogy that he used, which is so true, he's like, you, you know, you don't, you, you know, the Blue Mountains were always got to be found. You know, it's just whoever stumbles over it, really, you've got to find it. And so it's true. Now, the thing is, 
And then he starts talking. Wayne Graham says that he wasn't ready when he was 17. You know, he, he, might, he might have even rattled off a few other people that have said that they weren't ready when they were that age. But I call bullshit on that. And why I call bullshit on that is because they look back at themselves as they are complete all-round first graders. You know, Wayne Graham is arguably the best back row in the competition right now. And he looks back at a 17-year-old version of Wayne Graham and says, oh, I wasn't ready. But you're comparing yourself to the greatest back row in the game right now. That's not very fair to the rest of the competition because no one's not, there's only maybe five other guys that are as good as you at your position. You can't compare yourself to the worst player in the competition. Do you know what I mean? I you don't need to be... The thing is, at 17 years old, you don't need to be the best on the field. You just yeah. need to be in the best 17 at the club. And as I said, you can be four years old or you can be 40 years old. If the coach thinks that you are right for the team, and that also comes down to the coach. That also comes down to... Like, I don't see why a rule needs to be in place to babysit coaches, to babysit rosters, to babysit clubs, to teach them how to manage their, you know, their junior development. Just because... And then what's the difference between 17 and 18 as well? What is the fucking difference? Nothing. Yeah. So the, po the point that I was making is I don't think there should be a rule so that you can let every 17-year-old... I'm saying is... And all his points that he was saying, I was going, well, that's still the responsibility of the roster manager, the guy who's in charge of the roster, the guy who's in charge of the, the squad, the guy who's in charge of picking the 17. And if he's dumb enough to blood a guy who ain't ready, in his eyes, if, if in his eyes, he thinks he's not ready and he's going to play him just because he's 17, well, that's your own fault, not the 17-year-old's fault. And listen, a lot of these guys, the guys that they do at 17, 18 years old, historically... The majority of them end up being players that we remember. Correct, correct. And I think they'd like to use that example of uh, Jordan Rankin. They get it right a lot more than they, than they get it wrong. And that, that wasn't because he was exceptionally, he was one of those guys that was far above the rest of the pack. It was because they had no other halfbacks in the club. And, they, and to be fair, they didn't want to move someone else, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like just have someone else play out of position. Like, don't blame because you made a wrong decision one time, one club, a young club, a young club made one poor decision because they didn't have the depth in their squad at that time. They made a decision, and it wasn't even a bad decision. He played decent on the night. You know, okay, was he the best in the field? No, but he doesn't need to be. That's the whole point. Is Jordan Rankin. And then, like, he, he succumbed to a lot of pressure and he wasn't... But he's had a good rugby league career. He's played rugby league ever since. He's gone to the Super League. The Super League's pretty good. He's come back over here. He's played another season over here. I thought he played decent. He talks about that he, you know, the pressure really got to him and he, he really felt out of, uh, you know, underachieved in his career. But just like, just because you debuted 16, 17, it may be more often than not you're going to become one of those super, you know, 10, 15 year superstars. But it doesn't mean so that's, that's what's going to happen. Just yeah, means it might happen. That's the bar either. Yeah, for yeah. A successful career. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I just. That's, you're right. that's the expectation you can't put on there. But look, you know, we'll see. I we'll just see think that I I would be excited play, to you know, see him play. Like, well, I mean, he just sounds like. He, I mean, physically, he seems quite. 
Right. Well, he looks exactly like Israel Flair Greg Inglis. In fact, he looks a little bit bulkier than Greg Inglis. He might not be as strong as what GI was because he had that, you know, that Curry strength. You know, that Curry strength. Six foot five and ninety-six But then again, he'd have that Islander strength. You know what I mean? It's the same fucking strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably, he probably put him out there this year and he'd manhandle people. Yeah, people but there's still there was still points that Gus had that had had um. You know, some sort of merit, but it just I didn't think it uh, outweighed all the the reasons as to why he should be allowed really to play. Let's say he should have to play, but the fact that he's not allowed to play means that you could lose it to, you know, because they were going to sign him for one and a half million at first. Now they have to sign him for three, just because he wasn't going to play, he wasn't allowed to play. The which well, means a lot. Well, we're going to pay you more, and we can give you a shot to play. It's like, oh, sweet, and it's an easier game. <laughs> of course, I'm going to play, and it's fucking easier. <laughs> um, yeah. But mind you, now that we've got Sunny Bill come back, Jordan Rank, uh, Jordan Rapiner's, you know, finished up in the Japanese rugby. He's come back. Do you think that players should be allowed to, in the off season, sign with an, any other franchise? And, and, and perform if their club allows them to? Um, well, if we look at Bo Jackson, is that his name? Was that his name? Yeah, like I think I think if the club's okay with it, you know, why should it be a problem for someone else to, you know, they can dictate what they can do. It just depends as well, though. When you're looking at the football, like they have a long season and then they have an off-season and a pre-season, like, you know, and it's certainly going to be allowed for, obviously, the, the special ones. Yeah, but what's stopping someone from playing rugby league, you know, having their off-season, and then after that, go and work in their F45 gym? Why is he allowed to go work in his F45 gym, but someone else ain't allowed to go work in their their Samsung fucking rugby club that's based in Japan? It makes no sense to me. I don't understand why Shandor's allowed to go work in his gym, but Jordan Rapid is not allowed to go play for his do work his for himself. But I think it's more about because it's like <laughs> Rapid could do that in his spare time. Uh, sorry, um, Shadow could do that in his spare time around football. Whereas if you go to Japan to play in Japan in the off season, okay, they start their preseason training in November, some at some point in November. Yeah, you know, you, their season could be there through until January. Yeah, but so what I'm doing, but my point is. If the Raiders don't want him to do that, I can cop it. I can cop it. No, no, yeah. man. We don't want you to do it. What I don't like is that the NRL are putting a rule on it, a ban on him, saying, no, you're not allowed. But it's the exact same thing yeah. as someone else having a business on the side. I guess they just don't want to lose them. They don't want to lose any of their players to another code. Like, so you can do it. Well, grow up. You go the game needs to grow up. You know, anyway. You know, I think we've done a lot of growing as a game. For the last, you know, since this COVID, since the introduction of Peter Melendez, I think our game's grown up a bit. You know, there's still a long way for us to grow. You know, uh, one of them would be player payments. You know, what they get paid by the club should be uh, documented in public, not what they get paid at third parties. I don't care what they sign a contract with Nike for. That's not my business. But what they sign a contract with the Roosters is my business. And I think they should publicise that <clears throat> personally anyway we've got two matches of focus for next week obviously every week we've got two matches of focus 
Uh, the first one will be the Parramatta... No, 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 sorry. It's the Penrith Panthers. Panthers. It's the Penrith Panthers. I'm against the Canberra Raiders. Yes. You know, that George so Williams scored a shot. You know, big two forward packs up against each other. Four forward packs. John Bateman's back. You know, they've got... Uh, they, they, they lose... They don't have that Emra Gula and uh, Seal Soliola. Yeah. But they've managed Before to put Tarpani back in the middle. They did that as soon as Soliola got injured, didn't they? As soon as Seal yeah. got injured, they said, no, nah, bro, Tarpani, you're back in the middle. And now Bateman's back. They could also get the luxury of Hardaway and Nara playing in the middle. Yeah, exactly right. No, they've, they're definitely starting to become, a, you know, in some ways, a little bit more whole in, in certain areas and sort of finding a bit more of their identity. You know, and who they are. And they've yeah. been on, have not everything clicked for them all year on attack, but they've always been tough to beat. Yeah. You know, they're gonna they're always gonna be in a game and they're gonna defend and they're gonna tackle well. Um, and they're never gonna they're not gonna beat themselves. They haven't beat themselves for most of the year. Was was uh, Nickel Clockstead injured or suspended? Yeah, he's a uh, compound um, fracture this compound dislocation of his finger. So. Week. So, can you describe what a compound dislocation is? Has the Edera Physio mentioned it? Yes, he did. Um, I think he'll be back in maybe a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. All right, and then the other match is uh, the Sharks versus the Parramatta Seal. So, a Shark versus an Eel. If you chuck the Great White Shark into the ponds or lakes at Centennial Park, who do you reckon win that battle, the Sharks or the Eel? I think the Sharks are going to win that. You reckon the Sharks will win it? I reckon the Eel will, will strangle it, suffocate it, and then munch on it late. That's how I'm going to think that game's going to go. I think the I think uh, the Sharks are going to want to come out and try and blow the Parramatta Seal off the park. I think they're going to absorb, a little bit like what they did against the Tigers. They're going to absorb. Then they're going to make their way back. They're going to creep in front. Then they're going to suffocate. Then they're going to pile on points late. Because I just don't think the Canal Sharks have an 80 minute game. And if, you know, they had nine reserve graders playing that game against the Broncos. And it's good to see yeah. these guys step up to first grade level. And that Toby Rudolph, he's, you know, he's first grade standard. Uh, it was good to see that Jackson Ferris, he was a sight to see, wasn't he, in full flight? And that Trindle. Yeah, yeah, look. Trindle, I, I didn't know. Like, what was that Trindle's name? He was the uh, center, eh? He was the center. Yeah, but... center. It looked like a front rower. Yeah, I thought, I messaged you, I go, he's our front rower. Yeah. And then they say he's the yeah. center. I went, oh, no. We have to wait till the end of the game for our front rower. But that Trindle, what was his first name? Trindle, something Trindle. Not Jordan no. Trindle. It's no, not Jordan Trindle. Braden Trindle. Braden Trindle. Braden Trindle. Yeah, Jordan Trindle's got his own uh, coffee van. Yeah, it's Trickster the Barista. Good on him. But, um, you know, Braden Trindle, he looked um, silky. He looked like a... Yeah, you know, there's, there's some exciting players in that Sharks team. Yeah, yeah. Some, some bits of spikes. You know, Connor Tracy, he was, you know, he was, he was bouncing around as well. Like Talakai, like, I mean, that guy's going to be a front runner. <laughs> he's 100%. He's in the middle in two years. Two years. He's in the middle in two years. Or, or he's a um, Conrad Harrell. He's just another Connie. He could be a Conrad Harrell. But the thing, the downside to Conrad Harrell was... The consistency, consistency, because you know sometimes you play really good offensively, sometimes you'd be able to bring both of them. But if he was to do both of them, he couldn't do it for a whole season, and that's the key to get around is being able to play both sides of the ball 
well for 30 weeks. Really. But yeah, the, um, the, the middle has really held Parramatta together this year. And it's, you know, there's been a couple of games now where they've, you know, they've been off from their start the last few weeks. Yeah. And then they got the start right this, this week and then they sort of just went to sleep a bit after that and the Bulldogs sort of really came out and played really well. So, um, but Paulo and um, Cam Gillard were just unbelievable. Just yeah. that engine that runs through the middle. Just, well, one thing I want you to take and keep an eye out this week in this match and focus is the Cronulla Sharks number nine. All right, now, we were speaking of Malachi. Malachi actually scored a try off of what I want you to keep an eye out for. So there's this little, you know, the, I was talking about uh, the 41 and then the 42, which is, you know, the pass yeah. to the inside. You know, you can change that number from the four and you change, call it a 91. So you'd actually do it off the hooker. So you do the 91 or the 92. Now, Tom and I, when we used to play, we used to do this one near the trial line. It was a 91. We'd call, it was called a 91. But we had a little variation to the 91. And honestly, I'd never seen any first grade player do it until the other night when, must have been Friday night when Brayley did it to Malachi. Or Talakai, sorry. Now what it is, is is it's that 91 shape where he gets out, he pops him under. So we used to do it off the 91. Where, uh, But what Tom would do was he'd dummy first, he'd dummy the 91, continue going, to catch his, to make sure that his defender latches onto him, and then he'd fire it back, back to, so it wasn't like, yeah. uh, he'd, he dummied it, and he'd taken maybe two more steps, and he actually had to pass it back, and then yeah. as he passed it back, most of the time there was a big gap, and I just went straight through, and then if it wasn't a big gap, it usually was just one person, and I was good enough to be able to get low, and be able to score a try, right? We were talking about that as during that game, and I was saying at the time, I go, no, I can't believe that no one else does it. No one else knows about it. You know, we would, I was doing this when we were fucking 16, 17 years old back in school, and I haven't seen it since. And in that game, Brady does it, but he does it on the 92. So he dummies the 91, he gets to the 92, he dummies the 92, continues on, fires it back, Talakai, whatever it is. Is it Talakai or Malakai? Talakai. Talakai. Uh, I think it's Talakai. Talakai. Apologies to Talakai and his family. We're going to have to look it up, go to the video ref. Is uh, King Gutho and the Talakai. engine machine going to get him home? This week, week? Yes, easily. Easily. Like I said, I think they're going to suffocate them and they're going to pile on the port's lap. But keep an eye out for that little play. He might do it off the 91 or the 92, but he does the dummy, continues, and then fires it back. And so... If you can see that, mention it, tag us in your stories. Do what you got to do. Come and get there. Well, if the Sharks are to stand a chance, they're going to have to need just those middle guys to continue to step up. Aaron Wood, Hamlin Ueli. I just don't uh, think they're good enough. Roy Hunt, but yeah, look, the Parramatta should be too good for them. I don't think they're as good as the Parramatta forwards. The Parramatta forwards are bloody the, fire. The, the game I'm really looking forward to, though, is the, is the Panthers versus the Raiders. Yeah. Um, now we mentioned, we mentioned it before. We sort of just sort of skipped straight and got stuck into the shark field game. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but that that's that's going to be a real exciting contest. You know, Panthers what seven in a row they've won. Raiders they've lost all these troops, so they've seen they've got this new life in them. They've got guys coming back. Um, the game is in. I think it's a Panthers home game, though, isn't it? Uh, it is a Panthers it's home game. Panthers, it's out of Panther Stadium. I'm pretty sure it's at Panther Stadium. I think um, that. I think that telecar is actually from Mascot. Because there's some telecars from Mascot. 
And the picture that they've got uh, here. Yeah. I'd like to check his birth certificate. Oh, it's first grade. It's all right. It's first. But uh, this, you know, this would be the the Panthers show themselves against every top contender and every bottom contender. They're blown away. Um, so I don't know. Does it? Part of you goes, oh, well, they they're going to lose sometime, but do they? You know, sometimes the team just keeps winning, keeps rolling through. But the Raiders have just been, they've just been in, in every single game, and they've got a team that's good enough to to give us the Penrith. Yeah, they've got a coach. They've got a coach that knows how to get his team to perform at the level of his opponent, as they did against the Cowboys. You know, two point victory against the Cowboys. Um, I think they're they're locked for the top eight now. So, do I shut up? Do I give him the? Do I give him the season? Does Ricky Stewart win the season in the Wiki versus Ricky? Uh, I think. I think. Look. He may have made the eight, but if you were to go from making a grand final and then losing the first week of the finals, you wouldn't be really too stoked about that. Yeah, but he's got no hooker. You know, you, you... So I know you wouldn't yeah, be stoked but... about it. I know you wouldn't be stoked about it because you want to win the cop. You don't want to be making up the numbers like the Knights. So I get that. But, uh, you know, the reality of it is, even with the Knights, really, um, is they might not have the roster that can compete with the top four sides. Yeah, yeah. Look, and that's just what it is. What it is and they've lost, you know, one of their best players in Josh Rosen. So. Not just one of their um, best players. Make the eight, granted, of course. You, but, yeah, they'll be... They're, they're, they're looking for that, you know, five, six spot. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, you're right, actually. If they, if they don't finish in the top four and they lose their first final, they're gone, aren't they? So, yeah, they're not going to want to yeah, lose their it. first final. I suppose so, you're right, actually. So probably do. Be a off. But I think, you know, they'll be there in, in the mix, but yeah, just probably just a little bit off those top four signs. But they're good enough to beat it, as we saw. You know, they turned up and beat the Storm. But straight as soon as we come back against COVID, they beat the Roosters. You know, they, they didn't play great against Parramatta and they missed an opportunity, but nearly sort of, nearly made a match of it to come, and come back and win that when they had no business. Absolutely no business. And great teams win games they have no business winning. Or win games that are up in, you know, those coin flips. They're just better at flipping those coins. Yeah, yeah. True. So, <laughs> the, you know, I, was... I give them the Raiders, I give them the Raiders, but it's hard to go past the Panthers at the moment. Yeah, you know? correct. Until they lose, until they lose, like, can't pick it Yep, so, right, so, well then, if that's the case, you're probably going to have to put them in your multis this week. Petty Panthers. No, no, don't listen to us. Gamble responsibly and do not Listen to us. Did anyway, is there anything else you wanted to wrap it up with there tonight? Yeah, look, you know, we've got eight games left now, so um, it, this is kind of getting into the, the run to see who can make the finals, and that sort of, that six through ten spot is interesting. Who's going to fill out those last three spots? You know, I think you can safely say that top five is absolutely going to be in the finals. And then after that, Cronulla's six. You know, Cronulla, Newcastle, South, and then Manly and the Tigers. So Tigers gone. These teams, so these yeah, this, look, the Tigers are probably gone. They probably are. Are they a mathematical chance? They've got uh, they, well, they're more than they're more than a mathematical chance. Oh, almost. Chance, so they've got a really hard run. So like that, you know, I don't think it will happen. Um, but even if you look at the nine teams, you go okay. So if we think Manly, you know, we look at Manly, and there's always that belief in Manly um, in what they can do, and it's a lot going to depend on when Turbo can get back. Um, but 
Then you've got Seattle already in there who are jerking and hide, or they can look amazing, and um, but then they can just not complete a set. We know the ability and the talent on their side. Newcastle has started well and then has faded a little bit, and they keep having injuries, and they've got you know no hookers playing, and then the Cronulla Sharks who. Early on, you know, they lost the first three games and thought, you know, they're, they're going to be in the, that bottom four set team. They're now sitting in sixth position. So there's there's a lot of jostling for those final positions. And, and those sides are going to play each other in these next couple of weeks. Oh, okay. So, you know, Manly, so you've got Newcastle and the Tigers coming up um, this week. Manly plays Newcastle next week. Um, I think South play Newcastle, in, uh, South play Manly in the next um, four weeks. Uh, but I think Turbo could be back by then. So these are all going to be really massive matches to see who can make the eight. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see who, who, how it finishes up. Yeah, right on. We, know, know. we know what the top looks like. Let's see what the bottom looks like. Fair enough. Well, I think we're going to have to call that a night here tonight there, Kaz. It's been an absolute pleasure, as it is always. As it is always. Anyway, we want you guys, uh, you know, listening to us on the podcast. Thank you for listening if you got this far. Anyway. Uh, but on our Instagram, like, share, post, subscribe, tell your friends, chuck us in your yeah. stories. If you Two see in the tackle. Files, if you see any dummy files, just collect that info, pass it on to us. You know, we want to sort of acknowledge this. Look, we shouldn't miss any, but the more eyes, the better. Yeah. You see dummy files, you see front row with your favourite front row scoring tries. Let us know, are you a number eight or are you a number ten? Yeah, I'm a number eight, I'm a number eight. But also, we come off the bench. We come off the bench. We're not going to yeah. discriminate. You know, we need a rest. Those, those number eights and number tens need rests. So, you know, if you're a front rower out there, mate, get behind us. Get behind two of the tackle. You know, we've got to support each other. You know, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, bench players, anyone... You see a forward score, front rower score. You see the dummy files, especially wingers, mate. Bloody greedy bastards, those wingers. Yeah, wingers, wingers don't belong in dummy files. Yeah. You shouldn't be in there at all. And if you are, you should be throwing that pass. Exactly right. Anyway, peace out, guys. Up the chooks. Up the chooks. Okay.